0: This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we preview the NCAA Championships for track and field and women's rowing. Plus we chat with our three men's rowing seniors as they head to the IRA National Championship Regatta for the second time in their careers. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. <laughs> All right. Junior Elise Lambert had a big week for the women's track and field team. In addition to being named a Nescac Spring All Academic selection, Lambert dropped nearly 3 seconds off of her best time in the 800 meters last Thursday at the Tufts National Qualifying Meet, coming within 0.02 seconds of the Bates record and rising to number 4 in the Division III national rankings. She is competing at the NCAA Championships in the 800 starting this Friday at 4 p.m. with the final set for Saturday at 1:50. Her head coach, Jay Hartshorn, joins the Bobcast to preview the meet taking place in Greensboro, North Carolina.
1: Yeah, she, I think, um, was pretty motivated last spring and summer to um, to get good training in. It's just a part of her life, which it is for most middle-distance distance runners. So I feel like a lot of people actually made some good progress. On um, sort of a side note, we had... You know some freshmen come in with some injuries and we were a lot more careful with them than we normally had would be um just in terms of like we knew we weren't competing in cross country so let's let's take our time and a lot of them had really good spring track seasons so um i think she just was yeah just motivated and you know there was parts of cross country be in the summer we thought well maybe you know and then there was fall like well maybe winter so if you're competitive enough and there's always that well maybe, um, I think it really it really helped. So for her, she just had a really big base, I think going in um, to what actually ended up being our season. And one thing that was kind of interesting is we didn't think she was gonna be able to compete in the first meet because we just didn't think she was ready. And then all of a sudden she was, she just had, she missed a, like just a couple days uh, more than we thought. And then her first meet, we were like, whoa, that was really good. Um, and then and that she ran the 1500, which she normally maybe has one, one other time at Bates. Um, and we both felt like, oh, that could be a good event. Um, but then the next week when she ran the 800 alone at Bowden and PR'd and ran a 214 and beat a field of like two other people on a really windy day in a mask by a ton it was like, oh, okay, we can really do something here. So that definitely, I think changed both of our thinkings at that point to um, maybe be a little bit more aggressive than we thought we were gonna be. And really feeling at that point that you were working towards something that was bigger. And then, she, obviously, you mentioned eight hundred being her, her the event
0: she's in, uh, in double A's for. She's very close to Aiden Ickoff's record, right? Like it's it's, it's yeah, 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. yeah. And, and Aiden Ickoff, another runner who also did cross country. How how does she and Elise kind of compare as as kind of athletes and people, perhaps in terms of uh, runners through the years here for Bates?
1: It's obviously a logical comparison, and it's one that I know Elise makes. So she was super happy to um, get so close to that time. It's interesting because when Aiden ran that 210, she was a senior and I know, feels like maybe she left a little on the table because we did not run that at nationals that year. She had run the 800 so many times at nationals and this was outdoor track and it just seemed like, hey, let's just do something different. Um, And and that led us to running the 1500. So she never really had that stab of breaking 210, which, you know, would have been the goal. So to also see Elise come really close and feeling like, oh, maybe I left a little on the table, that feels pretty even to me right now. Um, But it's definitely something that Elise can um, go after now, for sure, you know, this year, next year. I I think that's the big part is that it, um, no matter how this week goes, it sort of catapults her next year into Maybe diff- thinking about different things and maybe even different events, longer events, as we said, you know, we both are excited about the 1500. So maybe um, being a little bit more serious about that as an option. And then, of course, wanting to be top seven for cross country would certainly be her goal.
0: Well, yeah, speaking of cross country, I mean, middle distance runners, um, how often do they run cross country for you? Is that something you typically encourage?
1: Yeah, on the women's side, it's pretty easy to um, have really good middle distance runners be very competitive at cross country as well. So um, even going back to Jess Wilson, and I'm sure before that, but Jess Wilson sort of before her senior year was really a miler. She only sort of became the 5k, you know, runner, like towards the end when it was like senior year cross country went really well, but had always thought of herself as a middle distance runner. Aiden certainly was um, a middle distance runner. So sometimes I think it's, it's like right off the bat, there's like a bigger transition. So, you know, it's more like your two milers are going to come in and are like, I'm, I'm cross country. That's my favorite, that kind of thing. But when women are competitive, they want to be a part of that. They want to be in the top seven. They want to have cross country as, you know, a sport that they take really, really seriously. So most of our better middle distance runners have also made a pretty big impact in cross country.
0: It seems like Elise is just a really versatile athlete overall, right? I mean, she's participated in some jumping events as well, right? The high jump. Yeah,
1: we sort of keep forgetting about that. And someone <laughs> asked her the other day at the meet, like, you still got a high jump? And we were like, oh, yeah. I mean, it made no sense to obviously high jump this year. Uh-huh. And part of it was she had a foot injury in um, probably December, January that I, we didn't even really think much of because it wasn't when she was here. So it was like, oh, I'm not really training by the time she got back, she was full training. So, um, but I was like, well, if you hurt your foot, there's no way we're going to let you jump. But she also, I mean, she was second, um, at NESCACs in the 400 hurdles as a freshman. Mm. Um, and it, that made perfect sense because Aiden was running the eight you wouldn't put them both in the same race and then last year, it was clear, um, we weren't going to use her as a 400 hurdler because that's what three out of four legs, or actually four out of four legs on that four by four that made nationals, they were all 400 hurdlers. Mm. So we were like, sorry, Elise, we don't need you to 400 (laughs) hurdle now either. But I, I think she could probably make nationals in that event. The training's really similar.
0: What's your process when you have someone like that in terms of deciding what events to have them go in? Because it is a delicate balance, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And sometimes it's like, a lot of it is what they want too, you know, is is their choice. So Jess Wilson's a really good example. I think she could have maybe won a national championship in the steeplechase, but she had had a little bit of a back thing because she was a steeplechaser up until her senior year, but um, her back had been bothering her a little bit, and so it was like, "Oh, that's probably not the best event for you." So let's let's go um, and and try something different, and then. And with her, it was really funny. We could not figure out the whole year whether she was a 1500 meter runner or a 5k runner. We just like didn't know. Um, And then we got to nationals and decided to do both. Um, But that they get to pick. We, Aiden talked about it a little bit. Do I want to do both? Um, And then we decided to do one. So yeah, Felice all of a sudden was like, I want to be a 400 hurdler. Then we would support that.
0: Awesome. And then, um, and team as a whole this year, how, how did everyone kind of handle things? I saw on social media, at least seems like the steeple chasers were having some fun on there. I'm not sure. Right. <laughs> but of, well, how the team handled things overall this, uh, this outdoor season.
1: Yeah. The steeple chase, that was funny. We just, all of a sudden, everyone's like, I want to try it. And it was like, um, the boost everybody needed, you know, everybody thought it was fun to sort of watch them and see how they were doing. Um, I was really, really impressed with the progress that we made this spring. It was extra challenging because we went from lockdown to missing our first meet by one day in terms of like reacclimation and all that kind of stuff to like, okay, here you are, like, these are your only chances. Um, So all around, I actually thought our performances were a lot better than maybe I thought they could be considering not only did we arrive late and we weren't practicing every day because of facilities, but then we got to the point where it was like, oh my gosh, and now we're missing like almost two weeks of of practice. And and that's a lot. So I really thought we accomplished a lot. Um, What was different in a challenge this year is that we're used to short-term in track. So we're used to like being done with our second semester before championship meets happen. And we didn't really have championship meets this year, but our our big meets, so the meets that were happening in the end of April and the beginning of May were also very academically heavy. So it was a really different, um, lift for the students than it ever has been before for the ones who've been here so I thought that part part was pretty difficult too that like midterms were when our meets were and um, that seemed challenging but people were up to the challenging it was just tricky. And then Elise had a
0: huge week of course this past week at a meet that I didn't even know was on a schedule was it a last second edition or how'd that go down there at Tufts?
1: Yeah I think um I think our original schedule just had when we were doing the NESCAC scheduling like what is it going to look like and then it was like we lost to meet at the beginning so then we added that other Tufts to meet okay. and so we knew it was on the radar like hoping to happen at Tufts this is pretty common to have to find a qualifier it usually is at MIT um was where it's been the last number of years so Tufts knew from the get-go as soon as we had A season they put in to have a final qualifier because you have to like have a proposal they don't let just 20 teams have one they um you have to go through the ncaa to host so i think it was probably just us not saying like oh we're going to go do this but us knowing like it was always on our schedule but it was going to be for um students who really had a shot at ncaa's which is what it it ended up to be so um we were a little disappointed two weeks ago when we went down to Tufts because it was a really good um, a good field, but then they all ran the 1500. So the 800 field, um, it went out really well, but again, she sort of won by a little bit. So it, this just worked out perfectly because if you were gonna pick people that you would want to be there, they were all there and then they all made nationals. So it wasn't just a lease, there was like uh, four of them who all bettered times, who ran really, really well and, um, and and got in where three of them wouldn't have had we not had this meet
0: great and then um speaking of NCAAs it's at North Carolina A&T University in Greensboro uh what do you know about this track uh how does it measure up I guess
1: yeah it's a division two school um so nobody you know we've never been there competed there it's a little bit odd that we're actually going basically right back to where we came from like when nationals was canceled it was winston-salem greensboro like those are pretty close together so it almost feels like we're going right back to the same place um you know i've looked at it the facility online it looks nice (laughs) online um Mm. it's gonna be a little different because it's gonna be really hot Mm. it can be hot uh, when we were in wisconsin a couple years ago oh my goodness if we watching them run the 10k at like noon was just brutal but Um, it definitely is going to be hotter than it's been up here. It won't matter for an 800 uh, runner. That will be fine, but, um, it's, and I think what will feel weirdest, although they are allowing fans, um, that's up to, you know, each venue to sort of manage that with the state, with the rules. But when you go to like the Midwest, there's so many fans that were in driving distance, And so those stadiums are like a little bigger. So I don't really know um, how much people are going to travel, you know, to go to this particular meet. But it's also been kind of, our meets have been fun because since there haven't been a lot of fans, the students have been very, very like engaged through it. So even being at Tufts last week when there were no fans, the people who love track are the ones competing. They're all there, and everybody was very, very into like what was happening in the venue. Um, and I assume that the the student athletes who were there for other events will be the same, just very, like excited about watching the meet.
0: Excellent, well, Jay Harshorn. Thank you so much for previewing the NCAA championship with us, and uh, hopefully at least can bring home some hardware for the Bobcats. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. In men's track and field, senior captain John Rex is seated eighth among 17 competitors in the men's hammer throw competition, which will take place this Saturday starting at 10.30 a.m. Head coach Al Farashidian previews NCAAs. Coach, uh, John Rex picking up where he left off, it seems like, with the hammer throw. I know it had been a while, especially outdoors, but what was kind of the process like? I know you just came from a practice session with him. What's been the process like working with him uh, during this unique time, if you will.
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, uh, got to take my hat off and and give all the credit to Johnny because he's been absolutely exceptional throughout this whole time. I mean, he was uh, one day away from competing at the indoor national championships in the thirty-five pound weight when uh, we found out we had to come back and and uh, and lost that opportunity. Uh, and he was ready to go. And uh, but you know, to his credit, uh, I, I don't think he's missed a beat the entire time through. He's you know. Uh, was, was was incredibly thorough with his training and preparation throughout the course of the summer uh, and and even in through the fall and, and right up until right now. I mean, he hasn't really missed a beat. He's he's looking great. Um, I think right now what he's trying to do is try to find his rhythm and uh, just go in there and, and have some confidence and have some fun. And I am looking forward to seeing some good things.
0: What has made him such a good hammer thrower in particular? There's obviously multiple throwing events that he's participated in at Bates, but hammer throw seems to be his best.
2: Uh, he's an amazing athlete um, he's uh, you know he's not the biggest guy in the world, so you know relative to a lot of throwers out there he's he's pretty much undersized but he makes up for it with quickness and athleticism. Um, you know he's 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 uh, capable of doing a standing backflip and there aren't a lot of back throwers that can do that and uh, it's kind of exciting to see that from time to time, uh, which. know and I saw that prior to his enrollment at Bates I said I think we can work with that and uh, definitely uh, you know it has shown up Uh, he's extremely quick and explosive uh, you know and and just that overall athleticism the hammer is such a technical event and it's so fast and it's so quick that you you know those those are are skills that really carry over very well to the hammer
0: and him being a senior captain obviously there's some younger throwers coming up through the program I know he's been working with them a lot and uh, they've been pushing him right
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, it was fun this, this this spring when we started to get into competition. He wasn't winning everything, and and uh, the only people who were beating him were guys on his own team. So, you know, he had to be, you know, he had to realize he had to be ready to go. And, and uh, of course, he did fine in the hammer. That's his primary event. But, uh, you know, it was nice for him to get challenged in the shot and the discus, and and uh, and it, it brought the best out in him, too.
0: So, What are you the most looking forward to seeing uh, on this trip down? Well, I believe North Carolina is where you're going for Boys. is that right?
2: Yes, uh, heading to uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, and uh, I, I'm just looking forward to, to, you know, having having this trip that will seem somewhat normal, and uh, in a year that's been anything but normal, and. You know, kind of picking up where you know where where Johnny left off. We were at nationals, and it'd be just appropriate for us to finish finish at nationals too. And and uh, you know, this means the world to him. And I and I, I just want to make sure that he goes out there, has fun, and enjoys the moment. Can be present, uh, you know, in the moment, and and just really kind of respond to the you know to the competition, and and uh, and, and enjoy the whole process, nerves included.
0: He uh, seems to be a very thoughtful athlete. I mean, I've talked to him a lot on the Bobcast, and he really has a lot of you know things to say in terms of about his process and preparation. How have you noticed that thoughtfulness part of him come through?
2: Well, he just cares. Johnny's one of those guys He just cares. He cares about everything he's doing, and he, and, and he, and he loves to throw, so he cares – cares tremendously about that. I mean, he takes, he's diligent at taking notes. He's diligent at reviewing video. Um, You know, he's working on right now, he's working on trying to figure out those cues that he's going to take into competition on Saturday, you know, and, and stay focused on that. So um, he's really, you know, one of the things I've always hoped to have in an athlete is I want my athlete to be a student of the sport and, and, and Johnny typifies that to, you know, to the nth degree.
0: You know, in terms of the great throwers you've coached through the years, I mean, how proud are you to see that continuing here? You know, with John, and then it seems like the younger guys. I talked to Liam, he said, There'll be pressure on me next year to make NCAAs, <laughs>
2: right? Well, he, and certainly in, in the case of Liam, he's taken some huge steps this year. Yeah. And if he takes another step like that next year, he'll be right in the middle of things. And yeah, we've got a great younger squad that's coming up that I think Johnny's had a huge imprint on. Uh, you know, Jacob Goff is going to be an outstanding thrower. James Guiney really doing a super job. Uh, saw tremendous development out of John Everett this year. So the squad's going to be good moving forward. So we're excited about that. But, uh, you know, I, I think with with uh, with Johnny, um, you know, he keep this in mind. I mean, with all the great throwers that we've had, he broke the freshman record in the hammer throw. And, and that's, that's, you know, records that, you know, you go back and you look at the names of Pless and, and, and Enos and, and, uh, you know, even guys like Noah Gothier and, and Jamie Saller that were great, great throwers. He's the best thrower we've ever had. And, and had he had a normal course of four years, there's no question in my mind that, that uh, uh, you know, he would be leaving right on top of that list. And I still think he has a good, great shot to do that. So, so uh, hopefully things come together at nationals for him.
0: Well, I was going to say he's top 10 right now. And, uh, PRs can occasionally be, uh, you know, kind of difficult to achieve at Nationals, but it'd be sure a good timing, wouldn't
2: it, right? Yeah, it would be, and he's due. He's, he, he knows he's capable of throwing significantly farther. Uh, we've seen it, um, you, know, and, and, um, you know, and I think, you know, the fact that he's a senior, the fact that the clock is running, it's one of those, uh, one of those perfect storms that could bring about, uh, you know, an outstanding performance, so that's what we're hoping for.
0: Great. Well, any other thoughts you want to share about not only, uh, you know, John Rex and what you're hoping for to see this upcoming weekend, but also just about the the team and the year you had in general kind of.
2: Yeah, I, I think uh, we kind of had a uh, sort of a end of the season event last week, and we had a chance to talk about a lot of things, you know, with the team. And uh, I think the overwhelming impression that I have on looking back on this year was, was how well, how well, um, guys handled the circumstances and 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 worked through all of the setbacks and the disappointments and and the uncertainty and all of it and and they just hung in there and battled all the way through and uh you know and i think as a result they're you know in the end um they're going to be a lot better people for the fact that they could have you know and, and i speaking specifically to the seniors right now i mean the seniors could have really checked it in all right. Right. You know, and 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 just kind of wrote out their time here at Bates, realizing that you know their competitive opportunities were not going to be the same or or as significant as as they would have anticipated, but. None of them did that, and and they all just uh, they all stayed engaged. They all had a great attitude. They all helped the younger. They they recognized their legacy was probably going to be what they were able to leave with the younger groups, younger athletes coming back, and and they really did a super job. So I'm really impressed with this group. Um, I think at times, um, you know, I think it was a t- it was a group it was a team effort. I mean, at times, um, you know, maybe our coaching staff and and maybe me at times were able to motivate them. But I got to be honest with you, there are times when they were hugely important for motivating us, too. So, uh, you know, from that perspective, I, you know, it, it uh, we got through it. We got through it. and We're looking forward to seeing some bigger and better things on the other end of it.
0: Great. Alfred Schittian, thanks so much for joining us previewing the NCAA championships. John Rex going for an All-America honor in the hammer throw. Thanks again. Thank you, Aaron. The women's rowing team heads to Sarasota, Florida this week, looking to win the program's fourth straight NCAA title. New assistant coach Carly Barbonell joins the Bobcast to preview the action. Carly, just to start things off, introduce yourself to the uh, Bobcat fans out there. How did the Bates job first get on your radar? What attracted you to come up uh, to Maine here to coach?
3: Yeah, so I had been working at a nonprofit in D.C. and rowing on the side and coaching on the side. And I, every once in a while, would look on to row 2K and just sort of look look at what might be one day if I were to ever go fully into coaching. Um, and you know, I always said if the right job comes along, I would. And then all of a sudden, one day I look on ro 2K when I'm really, really needing a break from nonprofit work and there was this fake job and I applied and turns out I was at the end of the process and I made it, made it right in and it was a perfect fit. And seems like it was definitely the right decision.
0: So tell us a little bit about your Division Three rowing experience at Wellesley.
3: Yeah. So mine was actually a little unusual. I rowed my first year and my last year at Wellesley. So I rowed my first year as a novice, had never rowed before, had always been interested in doing it. And finally, you know, my, you know, how you have those first year little pods of people. So my first year mentor was on the crew team and told me to come join novice crew. I did. I loved it. Um, turns out I did not do so great academically, (laughs) took sophomore year to clean that up a little bit. Um, and then, you know, went abroad for part of my junior year and didn't quite feel ready to come back. So got back into shape, tried out (laughs) for varsity my senior year, um, and had probably what felt like another novice year. So I had a novice year my freshman year. varsity year my senior year but two years off in between and it's really after college that I feel like I got the chance to really compete at a more regular level and really know what I was doing confidently in all sorts of boats
0: so what made you want to stick with the sport after kind of a limited experience in college I guess
3: it's really a sport like none other in my mind so I played everything growing up um, and I really liked everything except for basketball I was terrible at basketball (laughs) But aside from basketball, you know, I loved softball. I loved soccer. I loved whatever you gave me. Um, And something about rowing had always appealed to me. And I saw it when I was younger and I could never do it. And then finally I could do it. And it's really what I've loved about it is um, that I started in team boats. And team boats is a great place to start because it's the success of a team or of a boat is entirely dependent on trust in a way that I haven't really personally felt in any other sport. And so it's really um, about trusting that everyone's put in the work, knowing that everyone in your boat is in the same headspace you are, pulling for the same thing you are, with the same goals you are, making sacrifices that you are. um, And really in this boat together, in this family together, And that's sort of what needs to happen for any successful crew team. And so I feel like it creates a really special kind of bond between rowers.
0: Excellent. So as a coach, what's the adjustment like, uh, here at Bates, obviously you're, you're part of a program that's had uh, quite a bit of success in recent years.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, it's been really wonderful to walk into this already sort of pre existing family. Um, you know, it certainly feels in some ways like my, my couple of years of rowing at Wellesley. Um, and feels a little bit reminiscent of that. And, you know, coming from coaching high school, it's really, really wonderful to coach college students who really are, um, a little, you know, a little more mature, a little more self-sufficient <laughs> and, um, are really articulate about why they do the sport, why they love the sport and why they love the team. Um, and so it's been a seamless transition. I feel like not only has Coach Seamstra and and Mitch welcomed me with open arms, but the team also welcomed me with open arms and gave me a good amount of time to learn their names and their nicknames. And I think I've got most of them down by now.
0: You're currently in Florida. Obviously, NCAA is coming up this weekend. What are some thoughts on the NCAA championships? Is this your first trip to NCAAs?
3: It is. Yeah, this is my first trip. So very exciting. Um, you know, I'm really excited to be here with Bates. I think that we're really we're really grateful that this was able to happen after, um, a year where everything was canceled and coming off a season where our full team was not able to get on the, get on the race course together as we usually do. Um, and so I feel like this is, this is really special. And we feel like we have a whole team behind us. Um, we have have, we have five boats of women that have put in work all season for these two boats to race, Um, and I think that just, goes to show how deep this team is and how special this team is. And we, I think, you know, we feel like we're working for the whole team here. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what happens.
0: Certainly when you joined um, up here at Bates at that point, did the team know they were going to have a season or was it still up in the air?
3: I think I joined right after the first or right after that um, 10 day quarantine. Okay. I, I had like, so I think we knew we were going to have a season probably (laughs) is was my understanding
0: (laughs) right right well any other thoughts you wanted to share on your time as a bobcat so far and what you're most looking forward to seeing this weekend
3: um you know i'm really looking forward to seeing our our rowers race at a really high level and be pushed by their teams and see what we can pull out of ourselves when when we're pushed um and i'm really excited to be at ncaa's you know i'm it's a great opportunity for them great opportunity
0: for us Sounds good. Carly and Barbara thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast, and we'll let you get back to all the work you got to do down there in Florida before the first race. Thanks again. Thank you so much. For the men's rowing team, the IRA National Championship Regatta not only gives the Bobcats a chance to take on bigger schools they would otherwise never race, it also gives Bates a chance to once again give their foes in the NESCAC a run for their money. Seniors Kevin Downing, Jackson Cody, and Aiden Temperino we're all there as first years, the last time Bates went to IRAs in 2018. Previewing the IRA National Championship Regatta with three seniors on the Bates men's rowing team, Kevin Downing, Jackson Cody, and Aiden Temporino joining us here on the Bobcast. And it's kind of an interesting bookend to your careers at Bates, right? You started as first years going to IRAs and now returning as seniors. But Kevin, let's start with you. Take us back to your first year, rode in the 2V at IRAs. What was that experience like for you?
4: Yeah, it is a really kind of crazy full circle thing that we get to go back again senior year. Uh, Freshman year, I think, was a very different experience. We were coming off like a a really incredible season, a lot of successes uh, along the way, Uh, and being at IRAs uh, was really cool my first year because I had started rowing just like six eight months before um and so that was like just a really crazy experience seeing all the uh kind of ivy guys and the the university of washington who you know send send so many guys to like the olympics and that kind of thing and so it was just crazy to see like you know such an elite level of rowing uh early on in my career
0: well, you mentioned you, you just started rowing fairly recently, so how did you first get involved in the sport there uh, before you entered college?
4: Yeah, um, so I've got, like, a bunch of family members that rowed in college, you know. Uh, I'm, like, a fairly tall guy, and it's runs in the family that, like, uh, we were kind of built well for rowing, and they were like, yeah, you should try this sport out. I think you'd be good at it, and uh coming in freshman fall I just fell in love with it and it you know just kept going from there
0: terrific and Jackson I know you were an alternate last time at IRAs what's that experience like you know kind of being a spare as they call it as they call it there at, at that regatta and how excited are you to actually get to compete this time around right
5: yeah uh the first time I went as a freshman um it was just uh it was an it was an awe-inspiring uh, experience uh Going with Camby as a spare, and then uh, one of our other boatmates from that floor our freshman year, uh, Jack Reed. Um, it was just a, a very cool experience, and um, to be able to go and the the same thing as Kevin said, to, to be able to just watch and and be in the same you know presence as all of those top tier rowers, the absolute best rowers in the world, um, was, it was it was it was it was inspiring. It was it was crazy. Um, and then going back this year, uh, it's it's really full circle. Um, it's just it's a great end to my rowing career, um, and I, I
6: wouldn't have it any other way.
0: And Aiden, as a, as a spare cox in the first time around, what are some of your memories of that trip?
6: Um, there were definitely so many great memories, I really great trip all around, and it's amazing to kind of bookend that here this time, but I definitely one of the most distinct memories I have is going to the coxswain meeting that we do before a race and sitting uh, in a row with you know the other two Bates coxswains next to the Yale coxswains, the, the U-dubs coxswains, and just having a really fun conversation with them, not even about rowing, just about life and things and um, kind of becoming, making connections that way. So that's certainly one of the really fond memories I have looking back on that. But uh, having gone through that experience last time, definitely know very much what to expect this time and obviously this year is going to look a little bit different Uh, maybe not the same type of interactions uh, like that uh, as I think we're doing the meeting on zoom but I still very excited for that experience and to get to be down there on the course
0: and Kevin I understand this year obviously no ivies right I don't think at IRAs is that correct yeah so
4: there are a few ivies but Yale won't be there and Harvard won't be there so kind of (laughs) all of the, the seedings get moved up a couple and Gail obviously probably would have won. And yeah. so, uh, definitely in like the grand final, there's going to be some change-ups.
0: And then for, for you guys, obviously you obviously have some strong competition in the NESCAC this year, close races there at NESCACs. Kevin, what are some of your thoughts on, uh, seeing some of these crews again, perhaps, right?
4: Yeah, no, we're, we're really going to love to take another crack at Trinity and Williams, uh, we definitely had a lot more water time since then Mm -hmm. kind of the lockdown early on in the season, uh, set us back definitely a few seconds. Uh, and then we'll also be able to, you know, row down a a straight course, you know, there won't be any of the the wild turns in it, uh, like there are at Tufts. And so it'll be really nice to, you know, hopefully be in a, in the same semi or final as Trin and Williams. Um, but yeah, we're, we're hoping to surprise some people. Uh, that was kind of the thought going into the the IRA the first time around where, you know, no one knew about Bates. No one, you know, was expecting anything of us. And that's kind of the way we like it.
0: And Jackson, um, what are some of your thoughts as, as, as one of the seniors this year about, you know, what you're lo- most looking forward to for your final uh, collegiate races here coming up?
5: Honestly, we, we have no clue what to expect in terms of competition uh, in the 2V event. We haven't raced any of those crews before. Okay. Uh, there's crews like Jacksonville University, uh, Marietta, and we, ha- we know nothing about them. So our, our coach told us that he has no expectations for us and that, you know, any, any possible uh, gains
6: is, is, is all a, a positive outcome.
0: So Aiden, is that a good thing from your point of view? Not, not too much pressure, I guess, right?
6: Um, Yeah, absolutely. I think the pressure, I think, is all really, uh, I wouldn't even say it's pressure, but very much we're setting the standard internally. Uh, We want to just go out there and have a really good piece down the course, uh, have our best race of the season, no matter what the result looks like. And I think that's the goal we've set together as a boat and then together as a program, is that no matter any result that happens, we want to have a really good race. I think the three of us want to have a really good send off. Uh, And no matter the result itself is, is a number, but I think we would love to have a really great piece down there.
0: And Kevin, what has been kind of the point of emphasis in practice here in these last few weeks, you guys just got off the water this morning, obviously, right?
4: Uh, Yeah. So kind of as we get like later into the season, coach starts uh, working more on like the front end of the stroke. So uh, a lot of half slide, quarter slide rowing. So getting the catch placement down. uh, It's kind of like the last piece of it, you know, as you move through the season uh that's just kind of the way the, the technique goes and so getting the the catches lined up and then just like fine-tuning things we've changed a lot like you know small things with our rigging just to you know get everything exactly right but uh for the next few days we're just hoping to get a lot of sleep and <laughs> just rest up for the for the time trial
0: excellent yeah so what is the format like jackson
5: so we're going to be heading down there uh, tomorrow morning, uh, Wednesday at, at 10. Um, it's it's a long drive. I think it's going to be like eight hours. Uh, and then so we're going to get there, uh, head to the hotel, and hopefully get a really good night's sleep. Um, and then on Thursday, we're able to take a practice run on the course. Uh, so that'll be a, a great experience uh, just to, to fuel the course uh, because I've, I've never rode it before, or I haven't rode it since high school. Um, and then on Friday, we have our time trials at, eight in the morning and then like I think 9 30 in the morning and then later that day we, we have the semis uh and then on Saturday morning there are grand finals
0: excellent and then I know uh Lizzie uh Kenny uh, Mitch as they as a car right is going to be with you Is basically she is going to be the head coach there for this particular regatta uh Tempe what's that like from your perspective
6: I think we couldn't be more lucky to have her on this team uh, with this program and getting to go down with us and take over this role. Um, still, we'll have frequent communication with uh, our head coach. Um, I'm sure he'll be calling and texting, wanting pictures, but I think there couldn't be anyone else more qualified to to step into this role uh, during this period than uh, Mitch. And uh, we're, we're really eternally grateful for everything that she has devoted to us, not only in the past four years, but very much so. in the past few weeks she's been doing some really late nights at the boathouse early mornings to make sure everything is going to go off without any any sort of problems and the amount of planning that she has poured into this is is so incredibly uh, we're in awe um, of how everything is down to the detail so we're really really grateful to have her and I don't think any of us have any second thoughts um, about about being with just her
0: terrific and then Kevin like any final thoughts from your perspective on IRAs you wanted to share we haven't talked about yet
4: uh, yeah. Um, hmm. I guess we're, huh. so I think um, IRAs is kind of this year, a uh, good opportunity. Uh, there's this thing that we've started to refer to around here. At, it's called the goof. Um, so like two years ago, uh, after we had gone to IRAs the first time, we were like, all right, Number one goal is to go back. You know, we got to prove to ourselves that it wasn't just one year that we're we're actually you know this caliber of a team. And then, kind of after that, we uh, had like a bad result at the Charles, and it was like, you know, all right, we're we're definitely better than this. We know we're better than this. And so the goal was like, okay, we're just gonna surprise them. We're gonna we're gonna goof them. Right. Uh, they're not good. They don't think we're good, but but we actually are. And so I think. IRAs right now is the time to complete the goof where uh we're gonna prove to everyone you know finally that we're we're actually good it wasn't just one year we are you know the the an IRA caliber team uh if that makes sense at all
0: (laughs) that certainly makes sense Jackson what what some final thoughts on your perspective and from the IRAs you wanted to share
5: I'm just really grateful to uh, have this opportunity to be able to race with my team one last time. Um, when, I, when it comes down to it, um, I I love this team more than anything. And it's it's been
6: such an amazing experience to be able to be on this team for four years.
0: Great. Tempe, how about for you? Anything you want to mention we haven't got to talk about?
6: I think these two really covered uh, a lot of definitely the feelings and sentiments I have as well. Uh, But getting this opportunity one more time to to get another race, we didn't think this season was even going to happen. For a long time, the IRA was not looking like something that would be on the table. Uh, And we're really, really grateful for all of the hard work that our coaches have put in advocating uh, to to try to make it happen. Um, All of the coaches, coaching staff across the country, um, and then as well as the athletic department here at Bates for helping support us and make this a possibility for uh, three seniors to get get to go one more time to to the ira so i think we're really really it's coming from a place of gratitude uh, and i think that's what this race is going to be all about is is being very grateful for this opportunity in a very crazy wild year so.
0: and hopefully complete the goof is that did i get that term correct there you <laughs> go <laughs> kevin, kevin downing jackson cody and aiden temperino thank you so much for joining us on the bobcast to preview IRAs. really appreciate it Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll recap how our Bobcats fare on the national stage, including in person interviews from Florida, as we hope to be celebrating another NCAA championship for women's rowing. That's next time on the Bates Bobcast.